And hello, everybody. It is the Legacy Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Adrian Chenault and Tom Chenault and my good friend for a very long time, Robert White, who is a mentor to me, a friend to me, and really literally is responsible for most of the personal development I've ever done. He showed me what was possible. He scared the crud out of me. So he always said, man, Tom, you really, really need to spend like three years with me. So I'd go do a weekend somewhere, but I ended up doing every course in the world and getting all his wisdom by osmosis. And I feel like I'm quite wise now, but Robert White is the man. I love him with all of my heart. You guys are going to love him even more. And what's amazing about it is that my little boy, this one here, this one, he has been around Robert White for a very, very long time too. And they connected on an intellectual level that you would not believe. And there is so much that could be done, so much to do. And it all starts now. So Adrian, take it away, buddy. (laughs) This is going to be such a fun show. And it's so incredible the way that things come full circle because I, I, I knew of Robert long before I got the opportunity to know Robert through the work that you did over many, many years in, in personal development. And then, you know, through reputation from friends of ours, like Dan Gibbons and Kathy uh, Quinlan Perez and, and others who have been in this space and who Robert really launched in their early careers in personal development and have gone on to do amazing things of their own. And so to, to get to have this conversation is a joy and we're really happy to have you. So welcome, Robert. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I have three responses to that glorious introduction. First of all, I can't wait to hear what I have to say. <laughs> uh, uh, some of it is true, though. Uh, not all of it. And uh, secondly, that the most special thing about me, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit today, is I'm an extremely average person. Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, I struggle with my weight. I'm undisciplined sometimes. Uh, I'm, I've been very good at getting married. I've been very bad at staying married. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm very average in many, many ways. But I think I'm a pretty good example of what can happen when you kind of get your mind right. Uh, with focus, with alignment, with commitment, the kinds of things I teach today. Um, So uh, I've been there and I've done that. I've failed. Uh, I have succeeded wildly beyond my any expectation. And I've tried to pay attention to the process. So perhaps we can talk a little bit about that today. Yeah, love that. Okay, so if that confused anybody, don't feel bad. It confused me. Because what he is, is a guy that can read your mind. He was John Denver's like best friend. He used to own the biggest house in Aspen, Colorado. He is the founder of LifeSpring, which off of that, I mean, he's known them all. Werner Earhart, all these people that changed the world in personal development. And now we've got this entire cadre of those people's grandchildren saying they invented network marketing. And they've got all these programs and they've got this, they've got that. This is the great grandfather. You just have no idea who he is. And so what I want you to do is don't judge either of these books by its cover (laughs) because you're going to be all fouled up if you do. Look inward, I promise you, because this guy is all of it in a bag of chips. And you will think, I mean, 
stuff happens. I did a post the other day about my dad and five minutes later, here comes Robert and goes, man, we need to spend some time unpacking that Tom. Cause he loves me so much. He knew I was suffering, even though I didn't know I was suffering. He's your kind of guy. He's my kind of guy. And we're going to put his website up and you definitely, definitely want to go to his website, plug in, buy his book and take it from there. So what do you want to ask him that's deep and important? (laughs) (laughs) So I actually, I want to spend a little time there because many folks out there have heard of LifeSpring. They've heard of the work that you have done, but many more have not. And so talk about your journey of personal development yourself and, and how you, especially the early part of discovering and then beginning to embody and to push out into the world this work. You know, something that, uh, the third thing that came out of the introduction is that I'm old. Uh, <laughs> so I've been around with a lot of things, I guess. Uh, look, uh, I think for all of us, a lot of our ability to perform at a high level or to use that word that shows up for me so often in an extraordinary way is rooted in our history. And uh, one of the things I do in mentoring executives and, and business owners is I have them track significant events in their life. Not everything that happens, but those kind of turning points in life. Uh, one of them for me was growing up, uh, you know, the kind of joke that's not a joke, poor but poverty stricken with a lot of physical abuse and a lot of emotional, mental abuse. And uh, yet, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I had the highest rated radio show, uh, DJ Top 40 show in the state of Wisconsin. I made more money than my father ever made in a year. Uh, so that was a significant turning point. And one of the things that led to was being named most likely to succeed. And I spent the next 10 years, as I look back on it today, making my classmates wrong. Uh, And so I got to be about 27. My little sales business, a network marketing business, I was horribly prepared for it, but I had it. I was uh, late on payroll. I had had three heart attacks. I had had a divorce and felt horribly guilty. And all of that rooted... That 10 years, as I look back on it, was rooted in how I grew up, which was that I was not enough, that I was wrong to be ambitious. I was wrong to not want to be poor, uh, even though it motivated me greatly. And uh, one of my friends went to one of the early human potential movement seminars called Mind Dynamics out in California and living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, anything in California was fruits and nuts and craziness. Uh, <laughs> but he, he was in a similar business. He came back, his business got better, his marriage got better. This guy had adult onset acne, something I didn't know even existed. For a sales guy, that's pretty disabling. You know, and he had done a lot of things. You know, I remember one of the things, he did some kind of appeal and his face turned bright red like that monkey that you see at the zoo, you no. know, the monkey's butt. Yeah. Uh, it really bothered him. He came back from this training that had nothing to do with that, nothing to do with money. He starts making more money and his face cleared up. So I finally stopped resisting and I went to the Mind Dynamics training. And it's a cliche and all these years later, but my life changed for the better uh, on the fourth day of that training. I got personal responsibility. I got that I was driving the people that I needed in my life, I was driving away with criticism, with uh, being a little bit too smart ass and, you know, just stuff like that. Uh, 
the following year, my little business tripled in size. Uh, the year after that, it went up 10 times. And uh, that, and one of the outcomes of that, in, and one of the things that caused it was that uh, I started bringing all of my salespeople, all of my network marketing distributors, and my family and my friends to the Mind Dynamics training. I didn't understand it. I didn't know who was behind it. I knew nothing about it. I just knew that if people went to that training, my life got better. Very selfish, actually. Wow. You know, and uh, uh, the relationships got better and just life cleared up for me. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Werner Erhard. He had an expression that I liked, which was um, that their training allows you to, to have your wife, your life get better just in the process of doing life. You know, that just by noticing really what's going on in your life, that this human, this incredible mechanism that we live in uh, can actually fix a whole bunch of things just if we notice them, yeah. uh, that we have that ability. And that's now reflected in, in quantum physics and, and in a lot of different ways today. Uh, so that's very, very true for me. Because I enrolled so many people in my dynamics, they found out about me. Uh, one day I got a phone call from the founder, Alexander Everett. I didn't even know his name. He called me and he said, uh, I want you to come out to uh, California. And uh, I did. I was curious. And 10 days later, I was president of Mind Dynamics. Wow. Because and I knew nothing about the training except that it worked. But I knew something about selling and about organizing a business. That's what I was doing for a living. Sure. And uh, for two years, I kind of fixed the U.S. business for Mind Dynamics. And for two years, I ran around the world and we set up foreign subsidiaries in England, in uh, Finland, Helsinki, in Rome, in Munich, in uh, London, certainly. Uh, so all over Europe and Australia. I know that's a bit of a leap <laughs> around the planet. Uh, and the only country I said no to was Japan. Uh, I went there for a week and it was so foreign. You know, the language is backwards and the mind dynamics training depended on language to a large extent. And plus it was a very expensive place to do business and we were stretched. So I said no. And for the next two years while running mind dynamics, they called me every month asking me to bring Mind Dynamics to Japan. And I kept saying no. And then there was an ownership at Mind Dynamics. The uh, co-owner died in a plane crash. And uh, the founder, Alexander, took that as an opportunity to leave Mind Dynamics. So I ended up working for a probate judge, uh, one of the less experience, one of the less ex uh, pleasant experiences in my life. you ever had. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I went from working for a true visionary guy who every time I brought an idea to him, he, he only had one question every time he'd say, is it good for the graduates? Wow. If I said, yes, he said, well, then do it. And if I said, well, I'm not sure he'd say, don't do it. It was a very simple game. <laughs> and then I ended up working for somebody that was just about the cash, you know, bringing, bringing money in to pay the tax bill for the deceased partner and uh, unpleasant. So I left, and that's how Lifespring got founded. Wow. Uh, was that that experience? I th I thought I'm just going to rest for a while. I've been running around the world. I had a new uh, uh, baby boy, and 
I, uh, and that's the wrong subject for me to get into here, but I thought I'll stay home. And the phone started ringing and people were saying, what are we going to do? And that's how Lysburg got started. <laughs> they needed a job and I think God was speaking to me through them. So, uh, and then Lysburg didn't work for me. So I sold the company to the staff you know, the famous expression, I sold it for nothing down and forever to pay. <laughs> and they took longer than forever to pay, you know, at that line. Uh, so I ended up broke because I put all my money into Lifespring. And I had uh, a wife and kids and uh, a mortgage, all those things. And uh, Werner called me, wanted me to become president of the company he had founded called Est. And uh, intuitively, I knew it was a no, but I, he's a persuasive person. So I agreed to work for one month. Uh, and I did the S training as a student at that time. And uh, I've always told people that the main value I got from the S uh, standard training was that I didn't want to work for S. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to take a fast break and we're going to come back right after this. Not a baby, Mr. Radio Host. Good I job. told you. We're back. We're back. Okay, what do you got? All right, we're coming back in, in 20 seconds. Okay, oh. this is, you guys, this is an important guy. And I'm telling you, the people watching this thing are the luckiest people in the world. There is very few people in our life that we hold to this esteem. And you want to pay attention and you want to do what he's doing. Because he is amazing. Amen. All right, we're coming back. And we're back. It is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Adrian and Tom Chenault. And it is a great day. We've got one of my best friends in the world who has told you a little bit how he got to where he is right this minute. And we're going to continue that on because what I want you guys to understand is he's gone someplace in his life and he's going someplace in his life. And he's somebody you want to hit your wagon to because he's a friend first. He's never tried to pick my pocket. He's only been a friend first, which is hard to find in this world. He's never tried to monetize me. I I've tried to monetize him, by the way, but I love him with all of my heart. Back to you, Adrian. <laughs> so over the arc of this career, it, it, you've been, you've created so much. And, and more, most importantly, you've touched just a tremendous number of lives. What... Do you have any, do, do you have an ability to track, how, how many people have been through one of your seminars over the years? Do you have any idea? Well, between uh, LifeSpring and Arc International, my company in Asia, and the new company, Extraordinary People, it's a million 300,000 graduates of uh, these high impact experiential learning events. And uh, the joy for me for most of that was in building the company, uh, opening the opportunity for people to, to attend. Yeah, making sure that the trainings were of high quality and that our follow-up was uh, the best that we could do. But I, you know, when I left the est one month of employment, uh, said no thank you to Werner. Uh, that phone rang again. The people from Japan called me, and they uh, said uh, we've changed our offer. If you come for three months and set up a program here, we will pay you for one year. Now, remember, I'm broke, <laughs> the family, the mortgage, you know, and later yeah, people would say, well, you had this vision that turned into 15 training centers in Asia and all over Asia and 
a huge success. You must have had a big vision. You must have been driven by purpose, all those things that we teach. And I said, no, I needed a job at that time. I think underneath that is maybe a lesson for all of us is that underneath that, I think I was following God's purpose for me on the planet, my purpose. I just wasn't conscious about it. And uh, I, what I've learned to do is to pay more attention to that and less attention to uh, circumstance and, and environment. Uh, but I lived, I've lived abroad now a total of 23 years of my working life in, uh, in Japan, in Hong Kong, and in mainland China. I've had incredible experiences. And uh, if I look back at kind of, yeah, I had to make some key decisions. I had to sleep on somebody's sofa for eight months getting the company started, you know, and really send my family back to the U.S. I did, I, all of those things are part of my story. But if I look at what really drove it is that uh, I've paid a lot of attention to attracting good people, people that love our work, uh, that have some capability, that really want to do it. You know, they're not doing it just for a paycheck. They're doing it because they have a passion for it uh, and they uh, have a love for it. Uh, so if if I have a strength, <laughs> I have plenty of weaknesses, but the strengths in the area of attracting just the best, most incredible people to do our trainings, to do enrollment, to do administration, uh, to drive us into all of these countries that we were in. How about like... Benjamin Tutu or Nelson Mandela or Mother Teresa. You ever meet any of them? Well, Desmond Tutu. That's what I said. <laughs> Benjamin is the brother. No, I, I have had. I've had. The... Sorry about that. And I thought that was such a deep, profound call by me. And I'm an idiot. I'm embarrassed. Yes. Yeah, his brother, Desmond. Uh, I didn't know he had a brother. That's great. Uh, now, I've had the incredible privilege of serving on the, the board of directors of the Desmond Tutu Peace Foundation, and the, I hold the Archbishop as one of my heroes. Um, I, I miss him desperately. He died recently. Um, uh, but what a privilege to work with him and the other members of the board were just superstar people, and I learned so much from them. Um, you know, I've been really fortunate. I've met three U.S. presidents. I've met two kings. I've met an emperor, the emperor of Japan, which is illegal, but I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, and on the long friendship with John Denver was tremendously uh, rewarding in many, many ways. So I've been really fortunate to meet some incredible mentors, incredible people uh, that ever enriched my life in, in ways I could never explain. That's so cool. All, All right, right, we're going to take a break. When are we out of here, Adrian? We got 40, 40 seconds and tell them about the website since they people on the radio. TheRobertWhite.com. Go to the, T H E, Robert, R O B E R T, White, W I T E. No, W H I T E. So go there, dot, and then C O M, dot com. TheRobertWhite.com. I know that locked in your brains. Every one of you need to know this guy. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Where, how much time do I have now? 14. Okay, so Genesis Communication Network, we love you. You've taken such care of us over the years. We are indebted to you beyond belief for your radio station, Blowtorch, and we're coming back right after this. Thanks for listening. Good job, Mr. Radio.
We're getting the hang of it. We, this is, you know, I can never figure out. He's got all these snazzy clocks and stuff in front of us. So I've only got one eye, you guys. So that, as a result of that, I'm tracking, trying to figure out, and he's nudging me. So feel sorry for me a little bit, will you? All right. We're coming back in eight seconds. Here. Oh, I got to start it all over again. This is a longer segment. Now you're going to understand why we're talking. And we're back. It's the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Adrian and Tom Chenault. Hopefully, this has been unbelievably enlightening for you. Robert White is one of a kind. And bad things happen to good people. And I want all of you know to know that his life is, has not and is not a walk in the park. And it's, if, as a human being, that's going to happen to each and every one of us where we're going to be blindsided by something that's incomprehensible. And it isn't that it's never going to happen because it's always going to happen. But how you handle it is the gift of the work that he's given over a million people on this planet, the ability to handle, only to find out that when we're doing all this stuff in the work like this, Alcoholics Anonymous is, is my kind of life, you know, and, and all of a sudden something comes along and I need help and here it comes. And I can call Robert White in the middle of the night. Sam Georges, who's a, I find out is a friend, Tony Robert, Tony Robbins's CFO is a friend of his and Sam helped me out of a huge jam. And I just want you all to know that you've got connection because of me, because of Adrian, because of Robert to people that can get you out of what you're in, because it is not permanent, no matter how bad it feels. Right, Robert? Well, I have had uh, a recent experience, particularly where I am surrounded by love, by counsel, um, by support of every kind. And I uh, wasn't always that way. I'm, I'm uh, in all those personality tests, I'm a, a fairly extreme uh, introvert. Uh, I mean, I can crank it up to be in front of, uh, I guess, my largest audience was uh, about 7,000 people. So I can crank it up and do what I call my dancing monkey show. But I'm actually the person that retreats to his room and uh, curls up with a book or some music or watches uh, Romanian soccer on ESPN2. You know, I, and I'm not that guy that wants to be out front. And uh, what I've learned later in my life is that people want to support me. And uh because I've been on the kind of on the other side. I've, I've been the person to do the support. Uh, accepting it has been an interesting challenge for me. Uh, you know, I mentioned that thing about being 17 and being named uh, most likely to succeed. I was also number six out of 300 in my high school graduating class. And I called my mother to tell her that. And uh, the first words out of her mouth, I thought about this later, is really indicative of our entire relationship. She said, why weren't you number one? Uh, you know, I, so I've lived with a lot of criticism and I realize that's, that's part of me. That's part of why I uh, pull away uh, from people. You know, my book, Living an Extraordinary Life, I, for 20 years, people told me, you should write this book about your work. And I have all kinds of excuses, you know, like we do experiential learning. A book is not an experience, all that it was, I don't know if it was lazy or if it was just self-doubt, but I didn't write it uh, until then. And then I was secretly proud. Some really wonderful people that I highly respect liked it. 
you know, when Ken Blanchard calls you and orders extra copies or Jimmy Colano, the founder of Career Track and, uh, and Alexander Tom Chenault. Tom Chenault. Tom Chenault like, my, okay, biggest, so here my you, biggest single customer. Okay, you guys. Here's the deal. <laughs> All right. If you're on here live and you're paying attention, type the word live right now. Type the word live right now in the comments. And if you don't know how to type, we'll get you to a typing <laughs> class. Type the word live right now. And everybody that typed the word live right now, I'm going to send you at my expense, postage and everything, a copy of his book. That's going to tell you. So have put that one in your pipe and smoke it. There's a guy on here named Nima Warfield, and he's listening to you right now. First Rhodes Scholar winning, winner of the Rhodes Scholarship from a historical black college, four degrees, and had a mom just like yours. And he's watching right now. He just typed that. And I'll tell you what, all you tightly wound guys that just put all that pressure on yourself and you thought you were going to pop, this guy can help you out of that jackpot and give you your true course of life, your true north, because I see it happening all the time because we think we have to drive our kids. And what we do is drive our kids away and drive them into mental health and depression issues. And it happened to you. It happened to him. It didn't happen to me. So it's awesome. I started drinking early enough. Thank you. <laughs> I've, I've never heard a more uh, complete uh, uh, excuse for drinking. Ever. <laughs> Look, my mother was also an extremely hard worker and, I, and she modeled personal responsibility. She was widowed three times. My father was the third husband to die on her. Uh, the family joke was that it was her cooking, but not really. Uh, uh, so she was also a very positive role model and uh, that I've, I've leaned on all of my life. I, you know, I've been willing to work hard. I've been willing to take responsibility for my life and my work. But um, this is, it's a journey. Uh, you know, there's some things I'm very good at, some things I'm really not. Uh, overall, uh, uh, I think I'm an example of that training, my training, and the work we've done over the years. Yeah, that's a huge, huge thing. I, I want to come back to your statement from earlier about the kind of people that you have been able to attract over your career, because I, that doesn't happen on its own. You know, people of a certain caliber aren't interested in hanging around people that are not bringing something to the table. And so I, I love your humility. However, I also am very aware you bring a lot to the table and even just to be able to be, come comfortable in those rooms, which I would imagine you weren't always at the beginning to step up to hanging around that caliber of person. What would you say to someone who's looking to increase the, the quality of the circle, whether or not they're famous, just to hang around people that are really going places? You know, we have a, uh, an expression that we use in the trainings, a model, and uh, it's B plus do equals have. I don't know what the real origin of it is, but I do know that it was used in Scientology. And I do know that that's what got me, I'm very proud of this, got me onto the enemies list for Scientology, one of my marks of fame, I guess, in the world. <laughs> I'm on their enemies list. But that simp those simple words, be plus do equals have, are, are the answer to a whole lot of people's questions. In, the, in a Western context, we really think that it's what we do is going to equal what we get, what we have. 
And uh, yet that's not the key. The key is more Eastern, and that's that word be. How are we being in the matter? If, I, if I'm sourcing a, a company, what is my state of being? Am I coming from abundance? Am I coming from purpose and vision and values uh, and, and certainly results? Or am I just chasing money and success and fame? There's a big difference in the state of being. And what I've found is, yes, people are sometimes attracted to me because I do have, I'm very clear about my purpose. I'm very clear about my vision. Uh, I, I do think I, I pretty strong positive values. Uh, so I think that does attract people. But then I've learned that if, if, if what's required to pay somebody fairly is for me to live on the sofa, I'm on the sofa. Because to get really good people, sometimes you have to, they have to take care of their families and they have ambition and they have targets and they're not the entrepreneur. And look, I made a ton of money by paying people well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I re mostly retired at 46 to Aspen and built a, a, a 14,500 square foot home on 76 acres. I bought a jet. I traveled around the world and got, it was on six nonprofit boards, all these wonderful things. But that came from a lot of choices over the years that created that kind of income for me. What do you think about that? I think that all of you need to listen to him. And I, and I know so many of you on that are listening right now. And we forgot, a lot of us, including myself, have often forgotten about the B. And the B is the critical part of that equation. And so many people just blow past that. Who are you being in your life today in every area, especially where people aren't looking? And again, going back to, to Robert White and having a circle of people that you can reach up to when the water's deep is what you want. And you've got to be that person ultimately because of the bee that you are, that when they're in the same boat, they're reaching up to you. And that's kind of a paradox because how can that happen? Because you're not below or, you know, you get yourself to that point where you can fill a hole for somebody that you've never dreamt possible. And it happens to me all the time. You guys know who my friends are, and it's pretty extraordinary. Next week, we've got either Garrett McGrath or Marina Worry on here, and it goes on and on and on because we reach up, but sometimes those people are in the jackpot, same jackpot, and they've got to reach up to me and think about that. That's who you want to be. How do you get there from here? I think it's in the B much more than the do, don't you? Uh, I have learned that over time that just hard work, if it's in the wrong direction and from the wrong place, isn't going to get you where you want to go. It's working on yourself and and becoming the person you were born to be. And you can either express that in terms of kind of a religious approach, a spiritual approach, that God put us here, seven billion people who are unique. None of us are the same as another person. We are, a friend of mine calls it being one of one. Yeah. We are one of one. <laughs> but the challenge through our lifetime is to discover who that person is and fully express it. And everyone has a different, I, I've been trying to think of the expression. I participated for a couple of years in uh, Dan Sullivan's program, Strategic Coach. You're kidding me. I've done them all, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. He just wrote this book, Who Not How. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, you know him? No. 
I, I'm going to introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? No, but I paid him a lot of money. Oh, for my God. That's unbelievable. For, so no. did Jordan Adler. That's crazy. No, I flew to Chicago for two years uh, to do the quarterly programs. And he has a thing about core competency. I, I'm not sure what it what it's called, but it's it's that unique ability. I think that is the term, maybe unique ability. You actually survey your friends and ask them, what is your unique ability? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I'm not, uh, maybe share this after a break. Yeah, we got one minute to a break. So Okay. I have a dear friend and one of our graduates who unfortunately got hooked by alcohol to a disabling point of view. I was here on a visit from China. I only had 48 hours to get whatever I was going to get done, done. Uh, I didn't know what to do. So I called Tom and he said, bring him to Longmont, Colorado tomorrow morning and we'll have coffee. Two dog diner. <laughs> and it was great. And I learned so much from Tom, but the biggest thing I learned was commitment. He was so committed to this guy that he had never met before, my friend. And I, I was sitting there just in awe. I mean, we were sitting around 40 people as he, as, and what I learned about addict addicts is they, they have a zillion excuses and escape routes. Yep. And he very gently, with a smile, slammed those doors shut. As I my ate friend. him for lunch. <laughs> I talked to him this morning. All, All right. right, we're coming back right after this. This is the Legacy Leadership Show. Nice. Pretty good, Tom Sheffield. <laughs> All right, that's our producer. Could have been worse. All right. All right, so we got 15 seconds, and then we got another about six and a half minute segment. So we can, we're going to finish this thing strong. Let's spend Ask me if I have a gift for people. All right, perfect. Oh, That's yeah, good. At some point. Yep. No, right now. But first. And we're back. It is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Adrian Chenault and Tom Chenault. So during the show, I gave you all a free book. And if you guys put live in the comments right now, I'm not going to penalize you, Joanne, because you got here late. So no matter who's <laughs> here, I'm telling you, I love you. And I'm going to send you the book. And poor Carl upstairs is going to have to send them. So he's going to be all mad. But I love you guys that much. This book changed my life. I know it's going to change yours. I'm going to get Denise to bring me a Who Not How, which is Dan Sorensen's book, to give to Robert because I have two copies at my house and I wondered why I bought two. So that's the reason to give to him. And now back to you, Adrian. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, as we were coming out to the break, we were, we were just talking about this, in, this importance of, of being, in, and I think you had a, another experience to share about one of your grads. And then I want to make sure we wrap it up. I know you've got something you want to share with our guests. Well, I just, I wanted to mention that what I saw from Tom sitting there at a coffee shop with 40 people around us was I saw his unique ability. He had been there and done that in regards to healing addiction. I don't know if is that, is that a fair expression? It's, it's perfect. And so he was one step ahead of my friend at every moment. It was really quite amazing. And then at that point, Tom was uh, kind of halfway through the construction process on this palace that he built on a lake near near here. And uh, uh, and he said to my friend, who, you know, grew up in poverty and in, in the ghetto, and he said, uh, want to come and see my house or something like that? Yeah, okay. Then, do, well, do you want to, have you ever driven a boat? <laughs> this guy, had even, I don't know if he'd ever been in a boat. And, uh, you know, what I saw was commitment after commitment after commitment to somebody he'd only met a couple of hours before. And I think there's a real message in that for me, for, for anybody. 
Let's, what is your unique ability and are you expressing it in the world? You know, you might be a person really good administratively. Well, be that first person in the world that administrates things. Uh, uh, you know, years ago, I only did one training myself per year. It was called it was called the Aspen Experience. It was about legacy, about what are we leaving behind? And in that, one of the handouts was called the Dancing Toll Taker. And it was about a guy on the Golden Gate Bridge back in the day when it was not electronic. You know, somebody took your two bucks and, you know, you went on with your day. And suddenly there's like 10 gates. And suddenly people are noticing that at one of the gates, cars are lined up for a mile and the others are empty. And it was because this guy wanted to be a dancer. He went to his boss and he said, you know, he had to take care of his family. So he's a toll taker. That, that was his job. But he went to his boss. He said, could I put a boom box in my little hut? The guy said, yeah, I don't care. So he did. And then the guy did, uh, took the chair out and he danced. So when he greeted people to take their two bucks, he was in a state of joy because yeah. he was doing what he loved. And it just happened to include taking tolls. And people love that so much. That's what they wanted on the way to work was to be around that guy. And I've always thought about that story. That, and I look around me. I am looking in my life, first of all, in evaluating myself. Am I doing what I love with the people I love? And am I being fairly compensated for it? And I think there's a lesson in that for all of us. That's wow. a huge litmus test right there. Am I doing what I love with the people that I love? Am I being fairly compensated for it? And the, if you take those three boxes, you've set yourself up for a great life. Yeah. And I would add, is there a contribution involved in it? Are you making a difference? There we go. There we go. So speaking of contribution, I know you have something that you wanted to share with our friends here today. And so I wanted to give you the chance to do that, Robert. Uh, for the over 10 years now, I've been doing a, a weekly uh, email called An Extraordinary Minute. It's uh, a bit of timeless wisdom from somebody, not me, but from a book I've read or from a, from a program that I've attended, Dan Sullivan's one of the sources, by the way, even though he doesn't know that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell him that. He's one there of my go. sources. There we go. Uh, and then I comment on it. It's all designed to be in one read in one minute or less. And uh, you can sign up for it at therobertwhite.com. That's awesome. I, I read these. They are so worth your time. And so make sure you go do that, therobertwhite.com. We'll throw it back up here on the screen as well before we wrap up. And Robert, I, I just think that if that that point you made of living into the essence of who we are and that being, that is so essential. And for every one of you who's listening and watching with us today, ask yourself, wait, you know, where, what is, what's the thing that is that moment of dancing in the toll booth. What is the thing that you just can't stop doing because you love it so much? What is the thing that puts that smile on your face? And how do you infuse that into whatever it is that you do? That's, that's something that we all can practice. That's a step that you can take right now today. And it will, it will begin to change the, who you be as a result, one or rubber. And look, in the book uh, interviews that I've done, the most common line from the book that people comment on is that I say, and I and I mean it, that life is simple. This just does not mean it's easy. 
look, life is not easy. Uh, Jordan Peterson says it's tragic. The, yeah. the Buddhists say it's, you know, that we're in this wreck that we need to recover from, right? Uh, life is not easy. The most common belief that I see out there that that leads people in the wrong direction is they think life is supposed to be easy and and that it, it's complicated. It's just the opposite. The great teachers throughout history, uh, Confucius, Jesus Christ, they all say the same thing. And that is, life is simple. They've been telling us how to live life for thousands of years. It's actually simple. It's just not easy. And uh, it made, we got to take it on. It's, it's a, sometimes it's a fight. Sometimes it's a flow. Sometimes it's a joy. But it ain't easy. And it's, it's worth, it. worth it. There we go. All right. We got to go. We'll see you all next week. Come back. Love you. Bye-bye. Okay, stick around a minute, Robert. Well, you're not done yet. We're not letting you off the hook. We're still alive. Okay, so <laughs> we're done worrying. All right, text me. Oh, there you go. Send Carl Devere a text message. If you heard, if you listen to this show live, and we're writing down all the names, so we got them all. And you can see Carl Devere's threw his phone number up, which was extremely kind. And here's a guy that he was like the what's it called the gatekeeper. What was the, the story? The toll, toll taker. taker. The toll taker. Carl's the toll taker. He's going to get that text from you, and he's going to get you to send you the book, and you're just going to see him scream with joy because he got the text. So all of you sending the text right now, or you can send it to me because I will also scream with joy because I love you all. I keep getting out of the picture because I hate I, I want you to notice something that's a complex oh about it. Look <laughs> at the size of my head compared to the size of Does that his that make head. you feel better? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it is so bad. I look like E.T. So I'm always trying to sneak away so it doesn't look like my face is half. I take up the whole word leadership plus the other side, and it just makes me nuts. So that's why I keep sneaking away. Mm -hmm. But that's we'll work on that, okay? Okay. Thank you. But you guys, he's the greatest. And Julie, the guy was Eric. You talk to him all the time that Robert introduced me to. So we got Eric under our control. He's under our thumb. Swear to God. So we got him handled. So life is good, man. And I do have a doctorate in drunk. And we've got, yeah, I do. I mean, you know, I don't know shit about anything else. But I know a ton about this. So if you know people that have alcohol and drug problems, you send them to me. Anything cerebral or from the heart, you send them to them. It's that simple. But <laughs> you got to do, you got to pick the right, you've got a big quiver of people that you know, and you got to pull the right arrow. And that's all it boils down to. And I'm your alcoholic arrow and nothing else. Maybe I'm pretty good at marriage. Maybe I'm pretty good at being a dad. Maybe I'm pretty good at being, a, I'm a lot of those arrows. There you go. I love me. Give your wife a shout out. She's <laughs> My wife is the best. The okay, so here's the deal. I need you guys to tell you guys one more time. One more thing. This is from God's mouth to your ears. Robert White, for 20 years, has wished I would die. <laughs> true story. Is that right or wrong? Well, I'm sorry to admit that that's true. Because he loves Denise so much. <laughs> and so he knew that if I would just die, Denise would marry him. And it's hysterical because it's probably true. But we went to the heart doctor today and they said they told Denise, 
the, we did a nuclear stress test because they thought, you know, nobody that could be this big could be this healthy. And they said, good God, what kind of vitamins are you taking? The guy's got another million years. Oh, so, oh, oh. by the way, 720-840-7222 if you need some vitamins. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I needed to throw a pitch in there. And all and one more thing I want to tell you is um, contactmapping.com premium. If you missed the Jordan Adler interview a couple of days ago, and you want to get that, just text me the word contactmapping.com forward slash premium. And I'm going to give you that Jordan Adler, Richard Brooke interview for free. And anybody that's already premium or anybody thinking about premium or just literally anybody on the planet, send me and I'll send it to you free too. So 720-840-7222. That's cool. Yeah. So 71 years old. Nima's right. <laughs> Look at me. 71 years old and alive like this. Something's working. And it's all because of this guy right here, this guy right there, and that woman that is the angel of my life, Denise Chanel. End of story. So good. Well, this does not appear to be good news for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I was shocked. So Denise goes, well, when do you want to see him again? Because, you know, she's sure I'm going to die, too. And the guy goes, in a year? And Denise went, that long? Like, no, 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 no. He's going to kick right. Yeah, so all the kids were dividing my property and all that stuff. You know what you do and you know your dad's going to get the death deal. So, yeah, then go back. And now all the furniture's returning to the house. Unbelievable. Oh, that is ridiculous. All right, let's get out of here. All right, you guys. It'll be either Garrett or Marina next week. Uh, Eric's over in Paris right now, staying at the Bugari Hotel, which is like $25,000 a night, I think. And so he's having the time of his life, but they're not responding as to whether Marina is going to be on the show next week for most powerful women. So if she can't make it back, it'll be Garrett McGraw or the other way around. Love you guys. Love you. See you next week. Bye-bye.